0: Hello, and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on yet another lovely day here in the Capitol. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Mark Weilman. Chief Slime Maker and founder of Sublime Science. Sublime Science is a Dragon's Den and Queen's Award winning science party firm. Mark, hello. I think that's the first time I have actually said the word Chief Slime Maker on this podcast. Would you like to <laughs> yeah, elaborate? Great to
1: <laughs> yeah, great to uh, great to hear from you. Yeah, uh, it's always always a treat to be introduced as a, a Chief Slime Maker. It's uh my mum's very very proud. <laughs>
0: Well, Mark, let's get straight down into it. Um, What does the word leader mean to you? Hmm.
1: Oh, I guess it's um, just to me, I suppose, it's someone that takes responsibility, I would would guess, which is, uh, I think it's impossible to, from my experience at least over kind of 10-ish years, it's impossible to lead other people without at least attempting to first kind of lead yourself. So to me, it's Mm -hmm. just come down to, just taking responsibility for everything that happens to yourself and to everyone else. Um, Not necessarily accepting kind of blame or giving blame, but just taking that overall responsibility for whatever happens. Always just accepting what happens for what it is and then helping yourself and
0: others to move forward in a way that makes the most sense. Responsibility is key then.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those, uh, I sound maybe like I'm even older than I am at this point, but there's just no getting around it, I think, where, you know, being a leader sounds cool. Um, Standing <laughs> up on stage or having a bunch of people follow you in various aspects of your life. I mean, it is obviously an awesome experience and amazing. But I think that goes along with it is if you are going to take on that responsibility to lead other people, you've got to take on responsibility for everything
0: that happens, good, bad, or indifferent. So the, the Spider Man phrase. Uh... Know, responsibility is uh, is key as it were. <laughs> um, That's perfect.
1: Yeah, that no, was sounding a bit serious about leadership. But yeah, I should uh, I should have quoted
0: Spider Man. <laughs> well, uh, you introduce science to children around the country. Um that is obviously uh, you're you're providing them with a role model, a leader, uh in, in that way through through fun, uh getting them interested in, in these sorts of subjects. Um what are you trying to do? What what sort of role model are you trying to bring to these these children uh, in your uh, engagements?
1: Well, I guess for me, like, uh, the sublime science was all about uh, kind of inspiring children to discover how awesome science can be, was the, uh, I guess, kind of strapline we came up with over the years. Uh, and, and over the past kind of decade or so, we've been lucky enough to inspire a million kids to discover how awesome science can be. Wow. Um, when I was a kid... Um, I, I, I thought I'd grow up to be an actual scientist when I was about eight years old. I first somehow got introduced to Roald Arles, um George's Marvelous Medicine, that absolute classic, um, mm. I believe as an audio cassette while my parents were driving me to see family or something. <laughs> uh, so I immediately started to experiment with like anything, <laughs> thinking I was an actual scientist as a small child. Mm-hmm. Um, but was always kind of fascinated with kind of how things work. Um, and then as I got a bit older, I thought I'd actually end up being an actual scientist. Um, and then somewhere along the way, found it was, for me at least, a lot more fun to kind of make sweets, mix slime, launch rockets and explode things with primary school children than it was to do the unbelievably difficult work of actually creating scientific breakthroughs. Um, so I guess I ended up trying to inspire children to, you know, if you look at where we are now, science is going to play such a massive role in young people's lives going forward, you know, like mm-hmm. it is. If, if someone's, a, say, they're five years old today, just getting started in primary school, <laughs> by the time they really get into their careers, that's going to be kind of 20 years you know, from now when they're really getting stuck into their career. Um, the role already that science plays in their life is just, just preposterous. And in 20 more years' time, at the current kind of accelerated rate of progress, it's just going to play such a massive role in how everything happens in the world. I think it's important for as many people as possible to be inspired, and I think... I think people just have better lives when they kind of think they believe in a compelling future. And I think science plays a massive role in helping to create that compelling future for
0: all of us. And of course, who knows how many uh, discoveries will be made by the children inspired by uh, your, uh, your show. Now, you've had quite a lot of success. You've, uh, you've won the Queen's Award. You've uh, been featured on Dragon's Den. Uh, how do you go about making your business uh, into a success?
1: Hmm. I guess weirdly for me, so I'm not an actual um, I guess like business graduate or, or or anything along those lines. Like I've never actually kind of officially studied business. Um, I have taken the time to read <laughs> hundreds, if not a thousand, books on various people's journeys and, and and things throughout different kind of business and enterprises that they've they've grown. Um, but I, I guess luckily as a as a scientist the the thing I most kind of believe is actually applying the scientific method to business. So trying to be super evidence-focused um, in the modern world, particularly with social media, etc. There's a lot of kind of business experts that have like, they have opinions on things, which is obviously fine. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to evidence. Like science is a, a, it's like a first principles process is allow people to go from like, you know, putting a man on the moon, like going to space, like, (laughs) you know, the level of human progress, even when you look at your iPhone these days, compared to when I was a kid and the level of technology that was available then, if all of those things have been possible by just applying the scientific method in a practical way, I'm like, surely I can just use this process to, Mm -hmm. uh, to grow a business. And thankfully, obviously with, uh, with a lot of effort along the way, um, and if you look at something simple, kind of like 80, 20, it it kind of tells you that you're going to be wrong. Far more than you're right. So as long as you're able to accept the kind of 80 plus percent failure rate that goes along with really trying to accomplish something difficult, I think if you just keep iterating, keep using the evidence, keep learning from other people, keep finding potential solutions from other people in industries and moving them across and testing relentlessly, I think that's the approach that I've always used. And and honestly, that's really the only thing I've found that's ever actually worked.
0: So it's important to be analytical in your thinking as a leader.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, ultimately, obviously, you're always going to be getting, you know, there's no kind of, I suppose, monopoly on ideas, right? There's, you know, anyone you meet in life could, could come up with an idea that could change your life. But ultimately, as believe leader, you're going to be the one that's going to be making that call in terms of strategy and decision making. Like, ultimately, you're going to have to make that decision at some point. And I think the more, you know, the more you can be basing that on actual evidence, trying to test more, trying to fail fast, trying to fail fail a lot and trying to fail at many things simultaneously in the in the knowledge that statistically you're gonna find those one or two things that really, really work extraordinarily well that you can then scale them. So even if you try ten things, eight of them fail, you only get two winners. But if you scale those two winners a hundred times, then actually your you know, your compound effect is a massive success, even though you were actually wrong eighty percent of the time. Um, and I think that's that's kind of the brutal reality of (laughs) of Mm. how this actually goes. I think no one's actually got a crystal ball. Like no one knows what is actually going to happen in the
0: future. So being analytical in business is, is very, very good. Uh, but how do you reconcile that uh, with the actual human needs and emotions within uh, organizations and consumers? Of course, a great example of this is Dr. Richard Beeching, who obviously came from a science background running ICI and then, of course, famously uh, ran uh, British Railways. Um, the beaching uh, effect on, on Britain's railways was massive. And of course, uh, on paper, it all seemed to make sense. But mm. further down the line, it it didn't. How does one reconcile the purely analytical uh, view of the world with the needs of human beings? I guess
1: it's that like kind of beautiful sort of dichotomy, really, isn't it? That on a macro level, the scientific method kind of explains and describes how everything works. Um, but on an individualistic level, like myself, very much included, I think we're all a lot less rational than we are than we kind of wish we were sometimes. you know mm-hmm. our own individual behavior is typically far from rational. You know humans really aren't robots or or you know, but then on the other side, I think it's trying to take the best of both, right with human creativity, uh, empathy, like emotional intelligence, all of that stuff that we've got on an individual level. but then on the macro level, Applying, you know, putting it through a, a framework of actually what works because sometimes some ideas that sound awesome that everyone likes, including me, I and mean, some things that I thought were going to be incredibly successful and everyone on the team loved and you know we just thought were going to be great, ultimately didn't really work <laughs> from a you know from from an actual contribution to the mission type of view, and you need to obviously be always searching for that sweet spot where an idea is. Ideally, like the, your customers love your idea, your, your staff, your team love the idea, your investors love the idea, and it all fits together perfectly and works beautifully. But, you know, I guess you're always trying to compromise and, and balance mm-hmm. and find the best actually available solution, not just sit and wait for the, some utopian ideal of a solution to come along.
0: Now, uh, unfortunately, we are running very close to time. But before I let you go, Mark, what does the next 12 months have in store for Sublime Science?
1: Well, I'm uh, hopefully we'll. Uh, I mean, fingers crossed. We've um, as a as a group um, acquired a, another business last year to, to sort of grow the group. Uh, depending on how things progress, hopefully there'll be some more acquisitions uh, coming forward into the future. Uh, but ultimately, the thing that matters most, uh, really, to me at least, is is inspiring that next million kids to discover how awesome science can be. So whether that's more programs in the UK, more inter, more acquisitions of other companies or international expansion to take all these cool experiments to kids all around the world. I guess we'll uh, uh, hopefully everyone on the team will uh, work pretty hard, test all the possible variables and find a way to make that happen. And whichever one ends up being the one that works best uh, is ultimately the way, the way that will shake out, I guess.
2: Well, Mark,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you and we have to have you back on the show uh, again very soon.
1: Thank you so much and awesome to chat
0: with you. Thank you, Mark. That was Mark Wilman, Chief Slime Maker and founder of Sublime Science. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst.
2: Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're
3: welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. i'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of, of uh, fans of, of west ham and of uh, stoke and of course in the uh, england fans who um, I, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest i i felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration um oh.